This <laughs> is shitty cinema. We're four friends finger fucking fart around bad movies, <laughs> and we're left with a real stinker on our hands, if you know what I mean. I'm Jay. That's Dave. That's Juice. Everybody's quiet. It's Casey. Yeah. There are good movies and there are great movies, but those aren't the movies we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Shitty cinema is where four film masochists armchair analyze bad movies based on our theme of the month. We wade through dollar store bargain bins and find the strangest things in our best effort to show how much we love movies but hate ourselves. I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hiya. Casey. I'm trying out for the cheer squad. And Juice. I'm going to join you. You're a dead wolf tonight. I heard that. Ow! <laughs> Is that coyotes smoking menthols? What's going on? Ow! Well, Dead Wolf, it is a new month, and with that comes a new theme. What is this month? This month is As Seen on TV, where we celebrate all movies that, well, they made it right to TV. That's not really a (laughs) celebration. Casey, our TV movie, what did you bring for us? I had a little bit of hate in my heart when I brought Tori Spelling, the TV movie fucking queen, to shitty cinema this week. Yeah, you all have hate left. Yes. 1994, Death of a Cheerleader, a.k.a. A Friend to Die For. Ooh. 91 straight minutes of Tori Spelling's humongous fucking eyes and huge fake <laughs> boobies. Or real, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're fake. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't they're know out where there. we're at in the timeline here. They're out there. I don't know. I don't think they could get any faker than they were. All right. Oh, I, yeah, they definitely, you can always get, boobs always get faker. We've got plenty to <laughs> talk about or not talk about, so let's get right into this with an elevator pitch. Casey, you have just been dropped off at home. Uh, your friend was getting a little weird in their Pinto. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dollar. <laughs> yeah. I will get weird in so a Pinto So nobody's at five. home, so you're going to go over to the neighbors next door. Uh, you rang the doorbell, and you can tell from the sounds inside that they're exactly 10 seconds away from opening the door. And there's this strange shadow coming at you from behind that feels about the same away. So what did we just watch? A human Eeyore sadly falls in love with a mean cheerleader and stabs her after not paying for a cab fare. Uncle Phil doesn't abide. That was seven, uh, seven seconds. Yeah, yeah. Seven seconds. Uh, the, sure. the pause in that elevator pitch threw me off for a moment. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for that. I what like a nuanced delivery. It. What a nuanced Thank delivery. You. Where's my BAFTA award? Yeah, I think you had more nuance in your, ele- in your elevator pitch than Death of a Cheerleader had in the entire film. Um, also, I forgot Uncle Phil was in this. That, I will yeah. never what? forget. He was like the best character. Yeah, but it was way past the point where I checked out. Oh, well, he had one scene. Yeah, he had the <laughs> yeah. only good scene. He was the I, only one. It said, said as a, how do we get to Uncle Phil? Walk All right. us through this, Jay. Well, why don't we talk about the movie that Shitty Cinema watched? Please. Be prepared to be regaled with a totally true story. NBC told us so. It's, so it's got to be true, right? So Only some of the things have been dramatized, by the way. <laughs> Only a few. Three. Three of them. We counted. We won't tell you which ones. Death of a Cheerleader starts with Tori Spelling's character, Stacy, getting stabbed to death. And she's a cheerleader. <laughs> and it would have been great if that was just the movie. Just yeah. roll credits. Alas. We got it. Stab, scream, done. Not what happened, though. No. Our wonderful Tarantino wannabe director takes us back 10 months because the best time to introduce backstory is immediately after you murder the shit out of Tori Spelling. Or so I'm told. It's kind of like the old anime trope of like as soon as you learn a character's backstory, they're dead. Yeah. 
but he is, did it in a weird way like this a is CD like skipped. as soon as <laughs> yes the cd skipped as soon as the character died then you learn the backstory which actually would be a really good movie idea for shitty cinema productions and this is the first thing that surprised me in Death of a Cheerleader. I thought Tori Spelling was going to be in it a little bit longer, but I guess that's why we got the rewind. But she's not the main character. The main character is Angie, played by Kelly Martin, who is also the murderer. And we get to watch her descent from super nice good teen to super nice good teen that also murdered the shit out of Stacy. Whoops. My bad. See, drop it. Stacy is the coolest kid on the block and about to join the high school sorority, the Meadowlarks. And if you think that's stupid, then the joining ritual, just the hazing is sticking mayo in their hair. Just just so we're clear. And sexually assaulting men in cars. Hey, Steven Seagal was a thing at this point. Oh, he was. Oh, gross. Do you they, think they got it from his sweat? Well, they were trying <laughs> to mate. You hope that sweat. They were trying to mate with the Seagal. And the best way to do that is lather mayonnaise. And he's like, oh, I got to lather up. Yeah, you got to cover, cover yourself in his scent. Yep. Okay. And and while Angie is the good girl, Stacy, on the other hand, is a bitch. She's, oh, wow. You said that with bitch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bitch. Tori, Tori Spelling plays the bitch. She's the coolest, right? She uses her cool bitch powers to boss people around because mm-hmm. she's the coolest bitch. That's how it works. Right? Right. She abuses the local goth girl, Monica, by using her Omega bitch powers, which are also included reading her diary. I imagine it like goes out in waves like Magneto's powers when, or uh, Charles's powers when he's like, Magneto. Yeah. When he's trying to whisper and fuck him across the world. It's exactly like that. Yes. That's Tori Spelling's power. She gets them from the boobs. Yes. Right. (laughs) So Angie is obsessed with being friends with Stacy, like creeper obsessed, right? And also she wants to be a cheerleader like Stacy, and she works in the office like Stacy. And also she's the best writer in the school. And by school we mean she's the best sophomore writer. And that point is fucking hammered home like eight times. She is the best writer. But she the best. really is not. No, she has she's the best not. words. No, no, she really does not. Her poetry touched me. Uh Go like on. how? I'll tell you later. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Angie is a tryhard. Sorry, honey. It's true. You're a fucking tryhard. And it doesn't make cheerleading because, you know, she sucks at it, right? And she doesn't make journalism club because she's the best writer, question mark? I'm not I'm not really clear on that. I didn't yeah, I didn't get that, but go on. But but so after her fear, series of failures and immediately convinced that her life is ruined at, at you know, being a sophomore in high school, that's immediately what happens. As she then do. tries to creeper trick Stacy into going to a party. Right. So when this all goes down and Stacy backs out is when Angie stabs the shit out of her. That's that's it. You know, no, there's so an, a the law and order episode. Well, I, OK, <laughs> afterwards, I'm saying, <laughs> but the I'm boring saying, parts, we're just back to the beginning. OK, right? gotcha, gotcha. This is where I thought we should be done. And yeah. then I saw there was another five paragraphs in the Wikipedia plot summary and got really yeah. upset. There is a lot more, and I'm going to sum it up for you really quickly, because here's basically what happens. The FBI gets involved. Angie lies. She briefly tastes success by having friends, a boy ass route, which is promptly never addressed again. Nope. And we never see him again. (laughs) At all. No, just he shows up for one scene, and she's like, oh, Darren. And he's like, hey, baby. And he probably talks like that. Yeah, he just did. Like that, I thought that actor was in my podcast. It, it was studio. crazy. It was crazy. And there's this brief scene of asking. He asks her out, and then we never, we never talk about it again. She fucking killed him too. Anyway. Yep. Angie takes Stacy's spot in the Metal Arts. She becomes an officer, and then guilt of being a murderous bitch 
weighs down on her and she confesses to her mom and then they go and she confesses and goes to jail. Which the movie ends. We celebrate our livers mourn. Yeah. I can I just say um she was also a tryhard at religiousness because she told yeah. the priest and that didn't like cleanse her soul. Like so clearly you don't believe forgiveness or it wouldn't still be eating you alive. You'd be like clear conscience. <laughs> Mondays, am I right? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and just go along her little new Stacy way. I think that's how it works. I think it's supposed to. I mean, it's supposed to, but it doesn't. Yeah, then just go for it. Obviously, the Catholics are wrong. And, well, I just think this Eeyore woman is wrong. She looks so sad all the time. She did look like Eeyore. Her eyes never smile. <laughs> they just don't. We did get that whole argument at the end of the movie about, was this materialism's fault? Oh, from oh. X-Lax, the principal. Uh, X-Lax and the priest. And, and just so we're clear, Cinemites... X-Lax is the moniker that the character adopts for himself. No, the, the high schoolers were calling him X-Lax. Yeah, well, and he owned it. And then it. Yeah, he, he went owned out it. and said, hey, guys, don't call me X-Lax, which is the best way to get called X-Lax. Right. right. And then he went into like a Jesse Jackson, like, instead of X-Lax, we should be talking about excellence, student excellence, athlete excellence. And just when I was like, you just did the X-Lax to excellence <laughs> transition? <laughs> Uh, did you get fired from the marketing team there? Because I understand why. Like, I'm sorry you're unemployed. But That sounds like some new internet trend. The X-Lax to excellence challenge. Yeah, just keep eating the X-Lax. Shit yourself a six-pack. Shit yourself dead. I mean, you're going to get that six-pack from pushing so hard. Hey, guys, if you're going somewhere important, you got to clear out the pipes first. Fair. <laughs> Are you about to go on a hot date? Did you accidentally get high and eat a wheel of cheese? <laughs> well, it's you don't have to be fat forever. Excellence. We won't even let it process. Just oh, take man. two in the mouth and two up the butt. <laughs> They'll meet in the middle and break them. <laughs> that, that, I'm sure that's, that's exactly how it works. That's how I'd show it in the little cartoon on the commercial. <laughs> so they'll find each other. They always do. Anyway. Ain't no party like an X-Lax party because an X-Lax. Don't stop. They don't stop. It's never stopping. (laughs) The fountain. Anyway. Sergeant X-Lax. Principal (laughs) X-Lax. Whatever. He's been been great. Sergeant Principal First Class (laughs) X-Lax. Sergeant Principal Edgelord X-Lax is the only age-appropriate person in this entire film. He's the only person... Looks like he's the age he's pretending to be. Thank you. Thank you for fucking... What is his name? Terry O'Quinn. I don't know. I feel like that's really, really creepy either way. Death of a Cheerleader is certainly a film about high school populated by 25 to 40-year-olds. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. All of them. Tori Spelling, the titular cheerleader, was 21. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. She's... Uh, (laughs) That was unintentional, but it works. wasn't it? But, yeah, she was definitely the closest to high school aged out of almost everyone we looked up for this movie. Most of them were 25, 26, 28. The goth girl, I'm pretty sure, was... In her late 40s. She was 25. She has a name, Casey. Bullshit. It's Monica. Bullshit. Lewinsky. <laughs> she is a hard 25 in this movie. That I mean, that would be like a, damn, they had a fucked up everything. You've just Every never hood. done meth. Child to adulthood. Yeah, it kind of looked like one of the middle stages, but if mm-hmm. her skin wasn't totally fucked up and her teeth were fine. 
she's hot in real life. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was wrong. She was 26 at the time of this. Yeah, she looked older in this movie than she does right now on her IMDb page. <laughs> it's uh, Catherine Morris. She was Tom Cruise's wife a couple of times. Oh, neat. In real life? Or? Wait, no, what? movies. Oh, uh, thank she was God. His wife in my oh. I was like, babe, yeah. no, <laughs> you got out. That. You got out. Wife but of... then you went back. Yeah. Why? Oh, the main I love character... Tom Cruise movies. Let's be clear. That's true. Uh, the main character, Angie, though, she looked about my age. 23. Um, <laughs> so inappropriate. She dressed like a strange old secretary it was 1994 People but that was her weirdly. goal and she wow. became a secretary so i mean i really gotta get that t-rex outfit out want the secretary be the secretary you gotta be the secretary so to see the secretary here's a question i had while we were doing this i don't know we're Is having this, a really important discussion about really how wasn't. you can mentalize becoming a secretary dave uh so this this was made in 1994. Yeah, but it was based upon a real event that was in 1984. Okay, which time period were they portraying here? The now one. <laughs> That's a good like fucking the 94. Question. Whoa, we really got a bit of both. Mind blown. The first five years of a decade is no, really uh, the, belongs to the last one. Yeah, but there were no high schoolers driving 1980s Ford Pintos. Well, it's no, a Nova no. in the movie. They changed that fact. In real life, it was a Pinto. In the movie, it's a Nova. Oh, yeah, it was a Nova. Yeah, see? Dave, you're not... Are you, are you not paying attention to Death Did you not watch this not movie? Wait, was that Dave <laughs> in the living all. room or that weird cardboard cutout? I never remember which one. Oh, that's a brilliant real. tactic, that Dave. That was the best investment I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A right it was. Um, One of the lackeys, the evil cheerleader bitch lackeys, looked just like Monica Lewinsky. And... I was not getting that. I didn't get what? it either. You two, Juice and Casey, you guys were all in on Monica Lewinsky. I didn't see it. What? I... Absolutely. Get a screenshot from this. Look it up. And it's actually, uh, oh, Jenna Lee Green. She was Libby from Sabrina. Oh, really? The friend Libby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But gotcha. the way her bangs gotcha. are, it's 94. She looks so much like fucking Monica Lewinsky. I didn't see movie. it. I didn't see it. You Maybe know what you else I saw? I want to see it. I saw fucking Uncle Phil. Oh, yeah. From, from Fresh, Fresh Prince. Yes. Uncle Phil is in this. Uh, the hot chick from The Sandlot plays one of the guilty cheerleader girls uh, yep. who yep, feels bad about ones. not stopping the bowling. Stopping the so bowling. so many people that just popped up in this yeah, for you're no right. reason. I, I think because it was so slow, you just didn't see it and you didn't like recognize all the faces, but it's like a barrage here. Yeah, the, Murder uh, Girl's mom was Rhoda from Mary Tyler Moore, yes. the Rhoda show. Oh, wow. Yeah, I knew I fucking recognize that fineness. How did this NBC? Well, okay, Kate so from Drew Carey's in it. We should we should be clear. Death of a Cheerleader actually won awards for being the best TV movie in 1994. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It. Who's giving out awards for TV movies? <laughs> Aaron Spelling <laughs> when he casts his shitty acting daughter in them. That's a good question. Dave. That was the answer. Already, what's the the TV version of the Oscars? Is it the Emmys? The Emmys. So is there like a sub Emmy? Yeah, there's uh, Oscar just for TV movies. Well, I know there's one. It... I know there's one for soap operas. I don't know. I've never watched one of those. Yeah, I've never. watched I treat any it of like them. basketball. I can't sit through a whole more than forty <laughs> seconds of this. I'll read a recap later of somebody else telling me why it's important. I won't that this anymore. One did or that one. No, I'll read the headline. Yeah. Anyway, 
We have Michael Paul Chan. He was in Goonies. He was in Spy Games. He was in a bunch of the 90s Batman movies. Mm -hmm. He's been in fucking everything. He's good. As soon as I saw him, I got so fucking excited. If Andy Romano was the dad who uh, seemed to never come in the house and just could not fix cars worth a shit in oh, the yard. Oh, man. He was the one that was just wrenching on carburetors as though he, he was working on He called his carburetor a gasket. He did, yeah, oh. at one point. That was and great. Then, yeah, I was like, oh, I my mean, carburetors God. carburetors have gaskets. Am I a better mechanic than this guy? He should not even look at cars. He's going to ruin them. Um, he's also in a bunch of Steven Seagal movies. He was in Major League. I mean... Those are some great acting dude, chops. Dude, this guy is... cinema quality. There are so many people with huge deep kate from the drew carey show did i say her you did well she's so fucking beautiful i'll say her twice she's yeah. young in this yes yeah that was yeah, this is a year before the drew carey show started oh so wow wow she wasn't as much of a name yet she's a baby how old was she mm. was she high school age did would she played the older sister she played the older sister <laughs> she was 12 <laughs> yeah she should have actually been the high school. What is what is uh, high school? Don't ask death of a cheerleader because they seem to have no fucking clue what high school what is What is like. high school, though, really? Well, it's populated by people between the ages of 20 and 40. Yes. They are all really, really excited to be there. Really engaged. They go to fucking assemblies and they celebrate and party as though this is like a sports event. Well, I mean, there were sports events at your high school, I imagine. There was but they were mine, treating but, it like they were at a Brazilian yeah, soccer stadium. Not at a fucking assembly oh, yeah, where the know. principal was coming up Seriously? and making awful jokes oh, about we, his we had, we had pep rallies all the time. It was... It was were really you were people like all into it? Yeah, were you, you homeschooled? homeschooled? Come on. <laughs> no, no. I was, but not for high school. We had pep rallies all the time. I was really excited. It was just me and, and my mom. We would dress up the dog, put a little hat on her. Yeah. And watch the prices, the right? Yeah. And yell when they won. We also, though, may have just gone to some broke-ass high school. So. Well, that is... Completely true, yeah, yes. Because like we had guests here tonight, and I made the comment of like, no high school's going on ski trip sleepaways. And one of our guests went, oh, my high school had ski trip sleepaways. I'm like, oh. Oh, but wow. I, theorized, I theorized that America is super afraid of China taking over us business financially. And that's when we're like, listen, we have to outnumber them. Start having sleepover trips for the kids. Get everybody pregnant as fuck, and we'll eventually get our numbers back up. We'll right. get there. We'll get there. Just I'll get all these drunk, horny teenagers on a mountain in cold weather. Question For America. Can For I watch America. that movie instead? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what this movie could have been. It might have been a little what better. It should have been. Ski trip sleepaways everybody's, one through six. Everybody's <laughs> driving bimmers. Everybody's parents are rich except for the main characters because she has to be poor, unattractive. And nice, though. Real nice. Yeah, but. Almost to a sociopathic level. Yeah, well, she's she creeper, never got sure. let. She never let anything get to her, like outwardly. Like, no, I'm fine. I've killed you a thousand times in my mind. <laughs> what? What was that? Could what? Do you want to say that out loud? I don't know. Her. We're talking about the mom, right? No, we're talking no. about Angie. Oh, Angie. Angie. Yeah. The okay. Creepy ass killer well, that this movie was centered around. Yeah, I was gonna say if I had a mom that used prayer beads. All day, every day, like that seems Ooh. a little weird. Juice, those weren't prayer beads. She did use an egg timer with Ew. them. They so. were a different kind of. Yeah. Beads. Don't 
don't ever pull your prayer beads like a ripcord. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. No. It's messy. No, no, no. You get prayer it's, stuff everywhere. You get the Holy Ghost everywhere and <laughs> oh. you're never getting that smell out ever. That's yes, this probably woman, our podcast. This woman <laughs> would set an egg timer right next to her face and start praying. That's great. No, she was reading reading the Bible with an egg timer. Yeah, ticking like that. Right in the background. It's like reading categories. I, I can't imagine trying to focus. That would drive me up a wall. It That was why I hate categories. I love hate categories, okay. but it gives me horrible anxiety. You where start I'm just freaking like, out? <laughs> okay. All right. So we need to get funding to do a categories experiment with meth heads. Oh, my God. Oh. I, don't, I don't need to do meth to act like one while playing no. categories. Why not? Give me one good reason why it's a bad idea. Because it won't be as pretty as the anime Full Metal Alchemist when I they mean, have all the homunculus Cape Fear Bradleys kill um, each other. Okay. Unfortunately, no. If I, we got a bunch of meth heads together, I'm going to do a hobo fight instead of a categories <laughs> contest. So It will descend into that with categories. <laughs> it always does in Probably my family. Bad. So, I mean, guys, Death of a Cheerleader makes the last third of its movie end up in the courtroom. And it's 94 when did when was did that the a third of the movie? It felt like it. Yeah, no, because we had the first opening, and then the ten months prior was like the the first. Third. Oh man, wow, that just drug on forever. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, the whole movie was tr- us trying to, or was them trying to get us to feel bad for fucking Angie because she committed murder and then feels bad about committing murder but not telling anybody. So we should probably feel bad for her, right? Whoopsie, I accidentally stabbed that bitch like six times. And then she couldn't even come out and tell anybody about it. She had to go write a note to her mother. Oh. No, fuck you, bitch. Listen. Well, she told her priest about it. Yeah. And then wrote a note to and her mom like, and confessed to And he's like, you know what? You think that's fucked up? You should hear what I've been doing. <laughs> Let me tell <laughs> you something. No. Yes. <laughs> calling it out. Her mom was so chill when she read that note. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was not the first time her mom has had to deal with someone confessing murder to her she's like oh shit well the first thing we got to do is go get ice cream okay maybe a little more low you can't confess on an empty stomach no ice cream you need a little sugar rush some alcohol you can't be sad with ice cream in your mouth you get really loose lipped when your blood sugar dips that's a saying you can take to the bank (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean people start talking wild when they're hungry shit loose lips i mean that sugar checks out but listen, Death of a Cheerleader is released the same year that one of the best fucking court lyricists dropped the glove does not fit. You must acquit on us. Okay. And you know why? Because the knife didn't fit. Explain it, Casey. Yeah, I'm adapt, lost. Adapt me- the, the great phrase <clears throat> to Death of a Cheerleader. Permission to approach the bench. Uh, permission granted. I'm definitely, okay. a, I'm definitely okay. a judge. Okay. So. Judge Jay presiding. Yeah. The whole murder weapon is very complicated how mm-hmm. Angie got this. So she's borrowing her. I remembered her name. Can I get a whoop whoop for that? Whoop whoop. Thank whoop. you. I'm impartial. Thanks, I'm the judge. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. I got I to gotta pump up this courtroom. Okay. So Angie's sister comes home from college or something. Who fucking cares? In every scene, she has a knife and is waving it in her sister's face like, you should eat more vegetables. I'm constantly cutting vegetables, all my rage, and then I'm eating them and I'm cutting and eating and cutting and eating. Come to find out, she leaves the knife 
and raw vegetables in her hot ass car all day to just snack <laughs> a wonderful on, idea to well, snack on throughout the day. So when Angie she, she offers Angie a slice right off the knife. Yeah. Listen, their mom wasn't phased by a murder confession. There's obviously more going on in this family than this movie has time to tell us about. So she borrows her sister's car. She's not supposed to have it. And she notices when she's really mad at Tori Spelling and her big fake boobies that (laughs) there's a fucking knife in the car and a wilted cucumber. Well, she's got two options here. (laughs) Go to CVS, get a condom, and just blow off some steam. Or B, you can go. Oh, no. ki- <laughs> you can go kill Tori Spelling in her neighbor's front yard. Man, I, it's wilted, so you definitely just... want to go with B. Those are really two specific <laughs> options. Oh my god! If I had a dollar for every time a Thursday night turned into that, <laughs> so, I'd have eighteen yen. <laughs> eighteen. So here's where I'm at. I was just considering what a cucumber that's been left in my fridge for like three days looks like. <laughs> and then trying to picture if you leave it in a car. <laughs> and just as I was coming to grips with that, you had to take it there. You're welcome. So she goes after killing Tori Spelling or just maiming her. She goes home, washes the knife, puts it in the drawer. It's never brought up again ever. She she doesn't really even wash the knife. She runs water over it and then yeah. wipes it like twice with a dry rag. Hey. Wow, don't eat at Arby's if you think that's unclean practices. <laughs> Just kidding, Arby's. You should sponsor us. Love it. That's definitely the way it's going to work. I'm loving it. Also, everyone's skirts was just about up to their buttholes. <laughs> Every, even Almost. the so-called Wait. dowdy girl, it's just like... And she gets up from a picnic with her friend to go sit with the popular girls and sticks her ass in her friend's face like a fucking cat. Where I'm like, that camera guy was like a little bit over more. I could have saw something. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that the skirt's bottom, the hem is up to the asshole? (laughs) Or is the waistline at the asshole? No, no, no. The hem. I need to know. The hem. hem, Okay. So it's from the waistline to the asshole. Yeah. The waistline (laughs) is up around the tits. Okay. It's yeah. Everything's oh, gotcha. ha- high waisted. Right. It's the nineties. So yes. so waist is up by the tits. Ham is around the asshole. Yes. <laughs> it almost looked like Tori Spelling was wearing a slutty like lampshade for a minute. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what, Tori? You're pulling it off. So good for you. I couldn't. Fair enough. She did make it. We're she, shaped she worked very it. differently. That wouldn't be cute on me. <laughs> so after this lovely trip back to nineteen ninety four, where we get to see Tori Spelling's New old boobs? Question mark. I don't, I don't know. Just the outlines of them. They were good. They were great. That's the re- that's the real answer. Um, I need to know one thing. Would you watch Tori Spelling get stabbed in the back again, Juice? No, no, <laughs> no, no, not a chance. Right off. No. no, next. No. <laughs> Thank you. Next. The there was nothing that kept me involved with this. The the fact that they were trying to make me feel bad for somebody who was an objectively awful person, we could have ended the movie in 20 minutes and I would have enjoyed that movie where the cheerleader died and then there's a court case at the end after the girl turned herself in. I didn't need to know that she didn't turn herself in or had this whole existential crisis about whether she's a good or bad person because she fucking murdered someone. No. Yeah, but it's the old baby Hitler brick question. I watched enough Law and Order. I don't need it in 
You did at that time. It's only 94. We don't even have SVU yet. You're so thirsty for any kind of real true crime shit. You'll you'll take it. It's 94. But it is not 94 now. It is in my heart. It it will forever be not 94 in my heart. No, I'm not going to sit down and watch this again, Casey. I'm sorry. Jay, how about you? Are you going to sit down? Are you going to watch The Death of a Cheerleader again? My favorite part of Death of a Cheerleader is at the very end after our third of a movie, apparently, <laughs> that I had no idea it was. It was so long. Court case. When the judge <sighs> stares straight at the camera and says... There's really no difference for a juvenile between murder one and murder two. So I'm not sure what was accomplished here, but I hope it was justice because it feels like it was just entertainment. Bum, bum. And I just, I really wish, I know it would have it been before the movie, but I wish he would have just done an, are you not entertained? It I just oh. wanted him to like, uh, what's a, the Kool-Aid guy? I just wanted him. To, I just wanted oh, him to yeah. Kool Aid Man oh, through, yeah. fuck my TV up, and come into my living room and be like, "Do you get it now?" It and it's, it was smacking us right in the face. Yes, Judge Wizard, I D- do. Despite that awesomeness, no, I'm not gonna watch Death of a Cheerleader again. It was slow wow. plotting. It was absurd. I didn't care about most of it. It seemed really forced. No, Dave. Death of a Cheerleader. Would you watch it again? Oh, fucking hell no. This <laughs> it, That was easy. Yeah, really easy. I, I'm not the target audience for this at all. So what? it was coming in. No. If you a, come at me with that attitude, you are a target. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I I was bored. It. I knew where everything was going from the start anyway. So who cares to watch the story? The girl dies. The other girl's going to jail. Dave, it's about the journey. Not the destination. <laughs> this journey was fucking boring. Yeah, but Tarantino stole all of his tricks from this movie. You have to admit but, it. But, I don't but, think but the death he? of a cheerleader Bullshit. invented those. Bullshit. Did he really? Yeah. Start at the end, then the middle, then the beginning, and then the but, middle, and then back to the end. And oh, it's a twist. Who really did it? But you ruled everybody out in the I beginning. I don't. Yeah, I yeah. I just don't think a Tory spelling vehicle was the first introduction of that. Probably not. Well, if you'd follow the money, you'd know it is. Ooh. Ooh. Aaron Spelling. All right. Well, I'll follow that money, it's but I'm not walk. watching Death of a Cheerleader again. Casey, how about you? Will you watch Death of a Cheerleader again? This is a complicated answer for me. Oh. Well, I don't Nuance. disagree. I, I don't disagree with any of the bad points that you're making. or They're good points about bad points of the movie. Sorry. I should be speaking. <laughs> um, your whole <laughs> argument is stupid, and your fucking face is ugly, and now you're wrong. Um, Yes, it was terrible. But it had so many good things, too. The fashion, the creepy principal that you know is just, like, doing weird shit to the light sockets. <laughs> and, like, watching the- you through them, <laughs> putting things in them, gluing pennies to the inside of a wall. He's a fucking creep. But you get so many good... The the What's the girl gang? The uh, metal larks. The larks. Their hazing thing is they make you smear mayonnaise in your hair run into traffic to a stop car to a man who has his window down and then kiss him. That was creepy. That was great. You are wearing a condiment to sexually assault men in the street. That's not cool. And then the best part (laughs) was Angela wanted to do it to this old guy. And every time she got her face close to the window, he'd roll it up further. Just a little bit. And she got denied so hard from this guy. who was like, you don't think this is the first time I've been kissed by a girl with mayo on her face? Fuck you. It takes forever to get the smell out of my hair. 
Oh. Yeah, it does. But it's great for your hair. It makes oh, it really that, shiny. It was Steve, Steven Seagal's father. Oh, my God. It must have been. He's That's like, no, been. I got I got that asshole to move out. I never <laughs> want to smell mayonnaise again. Mayo just grosses me out. So the thought of someone putting it in their hair. This is, film is, had a bunch of weird condiment and food things in it. There was a 10-minute butter smearing scene on the inside of a brownie pan where this woman used almost a half a stick of butter to grease a brownie pan. Oh my God. For, it's like, through a whole conversation. It's the pre-internet version of ASMR. Like, I guess I've done that probably once or twice when I was super baked and I was like, did I, but I better do it one more time. I don't know. I'd rather be safe than sorry, but they're not on drugs, so I don't know what their problem is. So, yes. Yes. Oh, I would watch this again. Really? The, the cliche catty teenager shit. Tori Spelling rolling those big ass eyes of hers. I can't stop looking. It's chock full of amazing actors. All right, guys. Well, with that, the verdict is in. Three out of one. Casey is an awful person, yes. and the rest of us are going to avoid this movie like the fucking plague. I'm not the worst person. You're all going to get a physical copy for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know, Jay. You might be a terrible person. What are you doing for us next week? Ooh, join us next week when we continue As Seen on TV Month and watch 2013's Chupacabra versus the Alamo starring Eric Estrada. Oh, man, I'm so excited. This is, I'm so, this is a sci-fi original. This Bring can't. your sunglasses. His teeth are so fucking bright. <laughs> They're so bright. You want to get not 3D goggles because they will come out of the screen and assault you if he smiles. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, but most importantly, share this with people you love or ruin someone's day that you don't like if you don't like this. So, I mean, either one's cool. And if you want to support this podcast and help us buy a Pinto to maybe hide a murder weapon or some loose fruit in, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash shitty cinema. Now let's close the door, go to bed, and maybe wake up with, by someone teenage hazing us. Yeah? Yeah.